Even the roosters are comatose. The only order you've given in two days is for a double scotch. Leadership by lack of example. Follow the bouncing meatball. As much as my old friends meant to me, I think you new friends mean even more. Hey, MASH fans, it's time for another episode of the MASH 4077 podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me, Simon. Hi, gentlemen. Today we're discussing Season 8, Episode 18, Old Soldiers. It's the 191st episode overall, directed by Charles S. Dubin, written by Dennis Koning, originally aired on January 21st, 1980, and the production code is S620. Snap two, Grunt. Klinger, Maxwell Q reporting his threats. I gotta head out to Tokyo. Grab a fistful of phone and get me a flight out. Is the Colonel suggesting I do it first thing in the morning? The Colonel is suggesting you do it first thing immediately. Meantime, I'll go pack. Yes, sir. Oh, just one thing, sir. While you're gone, who's gonna be head honcho in charge? Uh, Pierce will do. Well, begging your protocol, sir, but won't that get Major Winchester's nose out of joint and possibly mine when I tell him? It's Pierce, Corporal. I make the decisions around here. You just explain them. Yes, sir. Oh, but if we need you, where will you be, sir? Tokyo, General. Hospital? What for? Sir. I'm going to visit a sick friend. And the plot summary in this episode, when Potter visits a sick friend in Tokyo, Hawkeye is in charge, and the 4077 treats a group of refugee orphans. Hi, I'm Betty Halpin, Red Cross. <laughs> We're looking for some doctors. What a coincidence. We're looking for some patients. This is Dr. Pierce, benevolent desperate. I'm Dr. Honeycutt, loyal subject. Who are your friends? Refugees. Their village was shelled, burned to the ground. I'm taking them south to relocate. Nothing spoils a neighborhood faster than artillery. Any serious wounds? Well, no, but we had to hide out in some farmland to avoid a North Korean patrol. Wound up in a patch of thorny bushes. Scratched everyone up bad. We could use some first aid. These kids have a lot of scratches. Some puncture marks, too. We better inoculate them for tetanus, you know? Is that really necessary? Yeah, I think so. There's probably a lot of manure around. We don't want to take any chances. All right. Where do you want us? We can use the mess tent. It's right over there. Just follow the bouncing meatball. All right. Uh, starting with our guest stars here, we have Jane Connell, who played Red Cross worker Betty Helpern. She has film roles including A Ladybug, A Ladybug from 63, Wonton Tom, The Dog Who Saved Hollywood, you know, that classic from 76, <laughs> House Calls from 78, Rabbit Test from 78, and Dr. Jekyll, Miss, Miss Hyde from 95. Her television appearances include Bewitched in a memorable turn imitating Queen Victoria as Queen Hepzibah, often uttering the phrase, we are not amused, to comic effect. Jason Assage plays Korean boy. Now, Assage was born in 1971. He is known for his work on The Prophecy from 1955 and American Yaku. Whatever yeah. that is. Not sounds a clue. Like a, uh, sounds like a dish. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> and then we have Sally Imamura. She played the Korean girl. Sally appears in two episodes of MASH. And Jeff Maxwell returns as Private Igor Straminsky. And of course we have Kelly Nakahara returning as Kelly Yamato. Hi-ho, medicos. I bring you written 
greetings from our inscrutable leader, Pierce Hawkeye. Ah, undoubtedly a letter of commendation for the outstandingly average manner in which I ran our unit. Wrong, the frock chieftain. All the Indians got them. Father Mulcahy, Major Houlihan, even me, a lowly brave. Winchester, Charles. Huh? Curiouser and curiouser, what does this contain, Klinger? Beats me, and I read mine. Honeycut, BJ. Ah, I'm all a quiver. You are invited to my tent tomorrow night at 1900 hours, cordially Sherman Potter. P.S., that's an order. I don't understand. You won't believe what was left on my door. The crowd thickens. Let me guess, did it look like this? You got one, too. We all did. Well, hello, all. See, I just received the most peculiar... Oh. Does anyone know what this means? I do. We're all invited to Colonel Potter's tent for an after-dinner riddle. Klinger, did he say anything when he gave these to you? No, just ordered me to deliver them and made a beeline for his office with that package he got today. Package? What was in it? I don't know, but he's been antsy about getting it ever since the trip to Tokyo. Came from some lawyers. Lawyers? Why would he be hearing from lawyers? Divorce? That's stupid. Who would divorce that sweet, wonderful man? Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a lawsuit. Tax problem. Or a will. Uh, I don't wish to sound ghoulish. And mind you, I, I pray I'm assessing the evidence incorrectly, but what if... What if the sick friend with the bad lab report is a ruse and it's Colonel Potter who's sick? No. Nah. Don't even think that. Let's not jump to conclusions. Agreed. But that would explain the phone call, the trip to Tokyo, his mood, and the package from lawyers. Yes, it would. Look, if he's ill, we'll find out soon enough. I'm sure he'll tell us in his own way. Maybe he is. So let's go ahead and start discussing this episode. I will start us off. I gave this episode a 9 out of 10. Right. Obviously, because it's a Potter episode. And mm. he's one of my favorite characters. I loved, again, I love when the cast members interact with kids. Yeah. We, we, you know, we had it with a little girl in the, in the previous episode that we discussed. It's just, it's so, it's just a nice, it's a different feel in camp when you have little kids running around and you're, you know, you're seeing the personalities of like Houlihan, who's very motherly and very sweet and funny and, you know, Hawkeye and, and all these people interaction with these kids are just so, it's so much fun to see, to see this other side to them. Yeah. I do. This is an episode I remember because like I said, I am a huge Potter fan. So seeing this one from the, from the title, I knew which one it was. And I was looking forward to it because I knew exactly what was going to happen. I remember it like it, you know, I, I this one yeah. is, this is one that I know by heart, the episode. So <laughs> um, I enjoyed Potter's horse speech, you know, where he was talking about, because mm. they were talking about eating him. And then he goes off on, on that speech and it was just so well done. And you could tell he's hurting, but he didn't want to share with them. And it was just, he, he, he does it so well. I love, I love Harry Morgan. It's a tragedy people have to eat horses. They're beautiful animals. You ever take a peek at a cow or a pig? They're ugly. We're doing them a favor by eating them. Saves them the agony of looking at their reflections in the trough every morning. But a horse, that's a noble beast. Why, in the cavalry, man Steed was his best friend, a real companion. Where do people get off making pork chops out of them? Too much killing in this world, too much death. No respect for people, for tradition, for life. Whole world spinning down the tubes, and nobody even seems to notice. Yeah, and then of course, when him with the kids, with a boy, in the sitting oh. in his, you know, comes in and he sits <laughs> on his lap, and you know he's hurting because he just lost his best friend, the last of you know of his four other best friends, 
And I just, I, I really like that moment that he had with the kid. And that's, you know, that's the kid who had the egg and didn't like the egg. And, yeah, but he ate the fudge. And like, he, oh, yeah, he loved the good. fudge. Yeah, loved the fudge. And that was very cute. And then he leans back into Potter's chest and kind of relaxed there and he's listening to the music. And it was just a nice, it was a nice scene. I love the fact that Klinger bonded with, with the Rita, or as he called her, Rita, hmm. that little girl. That was very, very uh, sweet to see their interaction. Um, and then, of course, you have, you know, the speech at the end, which I'm sure I will play right now. It was a long time ago, 1917 to be exact, and I've put on a dozen or so pounds since then. We were in France under a heavy artillery barrage. My buddies and I laid low in an old French chateau. We were quite a group, the five of us. Went through hell together and lived to get drunk about it. What a great bunch of guys. That's us. I'm the one mugging for the camera. Anyway, there we are in this chateau. So Stein finds a cache of fine brandy, and we sat up all night. The shells were screaming, and we were singing and toasting our friendship. Then we got down to the last bottle. This uh, very bottle here. Any of you know what a tontine is? Yes. A tontine is a pledge. Give that man a cheroot. The five of us made a pledge. We'd save this bottle, let some legal eagle stow it for us, and whoever turned out to be the last survivor of the group, well, he'd get the bottle and drink a toast to his old buddies. For good or bad, you're looking at the last survivor. I got the job when Grusky passed on in Tokyo. He had the bottle sent here, God rest his soul. Thank God I was wrong. Colonel, we thought you were sick. I was sick. Just thinking how all my friends are gone now. Felt a little sorry for myself, too, getting up in years. But I'm looking at things a bit different now. I've been a very lucky man. I've had some wondrous, joyous times. That's what counts. We were so alive back then. It was something. But as much as my old friends meant to me, I think you new friends mean even more. So, I'd like you to share this bottle with me. We'd be honored, Colonel. Uh, pass it around, would you, Pierce? As I recall, it was mighty smooth in 17. Well, it should be magnificent now. Just one thing. I'd like to make the first toast solo to my old buddies. Here's to you, boys. To Ryan who died in WW1, the war to end all wars, to Gianelli, who died in the war after that, to Stein, the joker of the crowd, and to Grusky, my best friend, who just passed away in Tokyo. You were the friends of my youth, my comrades through thick and thin, and everything in between. I drink to your memories. I loved you, fellas, one and all. Still mighty smooth. Okay, that's the old. Now for the new. To love and friendship. But yeah. it's... Uh, when the writers get it right and the actors convey what they were writing, it's just, it's magic. And this did it for me right here. This, that whole end speech about, you know, how those were friends of his past and now these are friends of, 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 of now and the future. Mm. I just loved... 
I just love I love that whole moment. I love when the entire cast comes, the entire main cast come together and have scenes together. And, you know, you could just everyone, you know, Margaret was starting to cry and you could see tears in Winchester's eyes and you could see, you know, it's, it's so well done. You can just tell they're all taking it to heart. Um, yeah. And the acting is just superb. And they're not saying anything. It's Potter who's giving the speech and you're just looking at reactions and their reactions are just priceless. And I just loved, I loved, I, I loved this episode. I, yeah, I, I was, I was going to give it a 10, but no, I don't know if it's quite a 10, but mm. it definitely, definitely up there for me as one of my favorites. Oh. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, no, you're going to rip it apart. Uh, That's fine. I gave it 10. Did you really? I had a 10, yeah. You were such a jokester. You always get me. Every time. <laughs> I gave it 10 out of 10. Uh, this, is, this is one of, uh, uh, I think there's three episodes, which you'll get 10 out of 10. And, uh, and I'm not going to tell you what the other ones are, because that's where the supplies come from. I, lo- I, I love this one, because I think it's um, it can hit home for a lot of people, I think, this episode. Mm-hmm. Um the, the whole thing really it's all about Potter and the fact that it, it clearly comes back from Tokyo and not a good mood and it, having to rant about the horse so you kind of think well why is it why is he ranting about a horse here and of course when you suddenly find it, it's going back to 1917 which the cavalry yeah. yeah the cavalry yep and he's got his old uniform on nice that I saw as well that they didn't have any kind of uh, brass on his uniform which is excellent because the fact he wouldn't have it on his uniform it's on his new uniform mm. that's a nice little point that is the whole thing like you said with the little boy eating the fudge and the fact that there's a, an an innocent child in war and he's sitting with, with Potter and they have that moment. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I mean, I've got a, a group of friends who I've been friends with since school. My first school from when I was three up to when I, I first started my second school when I was 11. And I still have those friends now. And at the age of, four, well, I'll be 45 on Tuesday, the whole kind of thing of, still being very close to these people. Might not see them all the time, mm-hmm. but they're still there. And you realise as you get older, a bit like when you're watching TV, like, you know, when you see Alan Alder on, on TV now and, and Mike Fowl, you know, they're, they're getting old. They mm-hmm. are in their, you know, late 70s, early 80s. And there is that horrible scenario where you know that sooner or later one of your mates is going to pass away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, selfishly, you kind of hope it's not going to be you, but that's the way life is. And I love the whole thing where they've got this simple thing of this bottle of whiskey which they've kept, and it goes to the next, per- the last person who survives. Yeah, I love that. I, I think that should. Be- I think everyone should try and do that. Yeah, uh, and also passing on the mantle. It's that kind of thing of like you know, uh, going from his old friends to his new friends, mm-hmm. and it's all just basically as he says at the end, it's love and friendship. Yep. And I, I think there's nothing there's nothing better than that. I don't think. I think it's um, it, it says it all. And like like you, I think uh, Hey Morgan's acting is is just sublime. But again, it's like. You know, I'm just matching really what you said about the other actors are just standing there and they're it's crying. It's amazing, and, uh, and it's just you know, there's so much emotion in just one, just one slight yep. look or a slight watery yep. eye. Yeah, and to me, you just don't get that in modern day. I'm sorry, you don't get that kind of thing in modern day television or yeah. film, even. I don't think. Yeah, and to see on a television program from 1980. Uh, which is still relevant, but still kicks to the whole point of, you know, you've got to look after your friends and always remember them and family, of course. Yeah, so I, I, ha- I had to give it 10. Now, I'm going to say here right now, IMDb's rating of 8.1 is frankly horrendous. Uh, <laughs> that is really horrendous. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll skip on from that and go straight to you with the behind the scenes. <laughs> okay, they're ready. 
I told Colonel Potter we all wanted to talk to him. And? No soap. He says he'll explain everything tomorrow night. Until then, he wants to be left alone. No news is frustrating news. Clay, you're supposed to be spying on him. Didn't you find any clues? He's too shifty. Oh, ridiculous. Surely you know something. What was he doing when you left? Nothing much. Just sitting in his office, listening to French records. French records? That does it. I'm going to talk to him. Relax, Margaret. You can't be a mother hen to a man old enough to be your father, all right? All right, but the waiting is killing me. OK, step right up. First come, first shot. Come on, honey. Oh. Three doctors, no scalling. All right, let's go ahead and, yeah, let's move on to some behind the scenes here. I will start us off. Uh, the title is from General Douglas MacArthur's speech before Congress in 1951. All soldiers never die, they just fade away. Uh, the music Potter is listening to when a Korean boy is in his tent is a song from World War One, and it's called Roses of Picardy. Features lyrics by Frederick Weatherly and music by Hayden Wood and was published in London in 1916 by Chapel and Company. It was one of the most famous songs of the First World War. Give that man a cheroot literally means give that man a cigar, but it's a commonly used expression meaning that is correct or you got it. Appropriately in this case, the word cheroot comes from the French cheroot circuit 17th century for roll of tobacco. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Winchester and Potter define a tontine as a pledge, but actually it's a joint arrangement between a group of people in which each contributes to a prize that is ultimately awarded to the last remaining member. In this case, the prize was a bottle of French whiskey carefully saved from World War One. You were saying that everybody should do a tontine. Yes. Yeah. We should all, with our group of friends. Yeah. It would be cool. I mean, it'd be sad, it though, be cool, too. It? it would be sad, though, because I mean, if you're, if you're the one drinking it, then you know all your friends are dead. I don't know if I want a reminder. Yeah, but I'm, I'm one of these people, though, that I don't believe funerals should be to say goodbye. I believe funerals should be to celebrate. Celebrate, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like, what, what's the point in being... Obviously, you're going to be sad, but I always think that I like people to remember me for having fun and having a good time, not just being miserable, wearing black, and then having a bit of a day do you know what I mean? True. that's no that's that's happened when you found out the person's died yeah so that's when you're sad so you yeah. might as well at least try and do something that's true very true all right here's our last uh, behind the scenes as colonel potter finishes his toast to his fallen friends a close-up of charles and clinger shows charles holding his glass in the palm of his hand with his fingers pointing upward to hold it in the following shot charles is holding his glass from the side and his fingers wrapped around it now it's just one of those little continuity things yeah yeah i was desperate uh, for behind the scenes sorry ah uh, no that's good man. that's not good don't, don't apologize <laughs> don't apologize okay kid this is it it's just a brief encounter but i'll be thinking about you i always give my heart too easily well, when you gotta go. So long, Betty. Next time you're in the neighborhood, drop in for a booster. <laughs> Thanks, Doctor. We'll do that. You people have been a real shot in the arm. <laughs> God be with you. I appreciate it, Father. <sighs> we can use all the blessings we can get. Goodbye and good luck. See you. Thanks. Don't throw any spitballs at the driver. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't pick up any snipers. Good idea. Uh, trivia time again. I get trivia time again. Okay, so uh, last episode's question. When Trapper was discharged unexpectedly, Hawkeye raced to the airport to try and catch him to say goodbye. Unfortunately, he missed him. But exactly how minutes did Hawkeye miss Trapper by? And the answer is 10 
minutes. So it could have been worse, could have been just a couple, but 10. 10 is um, bad enough, so, though. So close. 10, 10. Yeah, so close. <laughs> uh, but this episode's question, when and where did Charles Winchester III graduate college? So that's a tricky one for you. There, there you go. Well, here we are. Sure are. I guess we can just go on in. Uh, that's right. Maybe we're early? Yeah. I, I want to know, but I don't want to know, you know? I... I know, yeah. Well, we can't uh, put this off forever. Somebody knock on the door. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. I'll, I'll do it. Entrez-vous. Father, glad you could make it. Margaret, come on in. Why don't you sit here? Pierce, thanks for coming. B.J.? Colonel. Winger? Sir. Major? Sir. Now, I know I've been acting a little goofy lately, but there's a good reason for it. What's with her? I'd do the same thing if I didn't think you'd slug me. What's that supposed to mean? We're worried about you, Colonel. Rest assured, Colonel, you have our total support. Right. We're behind you all the way, sir. No matter what the problem may be. Thanks, Padre. I appreciate that. I suppose. Now, if you'll all put the tear ducts on Simmer, I'll lay out the whole story. MASH 4077 Podcast is all over social media. If you'd like to email us, you can do so by sending your emails to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter account. You can find the podcast at mash4077podcast. You can find me, Kenny, at geekyfanboy. And you can find meds at Hawkeye Meds. We also have a Facebook group. You can search MASH 4077 Podcast. And if you want to read our show notes or get more information about the podcast, you can do so on our main website, which is at mash4077podcast.com. If you are enjoying our podcast, consider making a donation. We have a Patreon account at patreon, patreon.com slash geekyfanboy. All right, so definitely this is, uh, I mean, I, like I said, I was close to giving you a full 10, so... I am as close as I can to get to a 10, and you gave it a 10, so definitely a, a must-see episode for both of us. Absolutely. Cool. All right, well, I'm Kenny. And I'm Simon. And we'll be seeing you. Sir, what's... Don't your... ask. Just take a memo. Yes, sir. To all laundry personnel, as of this date, the use of starch in laundering clothing is expressly forbidden, especially my shorts. Send it out, quick. Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant. The Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk, well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his roundtable for his nights. And now it's time for us geeks to have ours. Come join in the fun and geek out with The Geek Roundtable. Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable. Or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com. Mash fans. Now, as some of you know, myself and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and my podcast is called Waffle On Podcast. And we waffle on about classic films and television programs from around the world. So, if that's your cup of tea or martini, then why don't you follow us over on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or, of course, from Podbean. You can find us at waffleon.podbean.com, and we would be honoured if you would join us. <laughs> Thank you.
MASH 4077 Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved. Uh, Jason Alter... Oh, my turn. Outer J? Outer J? Yeah. Outer J. Sure. I'll say, I'll say it quickly and... Uh, there you go. We'll no one will know. It's your, it's your British. It's your British <laughs> plan. Okay, here we go. Uh, <laughs> and then we have Sally... Sally. Sally Imamura. Imamura. Mm, Imamura. These, these kids' names. Come on. Yeah.